Welcome to the Play It By Ear podcast. The podcast where the topics may vary because, hey, we play it by ear. And now your hosts, Eric Fiskus, Brady Liming, and Todd Griffin. Podcast. With me are the uh, birthday boy one day removed, Todd Griffin. Thank you, sir. Good evening. And Brady Liming. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, we appreciate you joining us as always on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, uh, our, our uh, home site, anchor.fm backslash play it by your podcast, anywhere you might find your podcast, anywhere you found us. Once again, we appreciate you joining us here. Uh, with that, we're going to go right to another voice message. Remember, you have the opportunity, and I believe this is on Spotify as well that I've seen. I haven't been to all the other uh, outlets, but I know on Spotify there is a link that you can click to leave your voice message. You can also do so on our Anchor FM uh, website. But either way, we do want to hear from you. And tonight's voice message comes from Beth. So, Beth... Tell us your feelings. Hello, Play It By Ear. This is Beth Press. I'm a 13-year classmate of Todd, a lifelong friend of Brady, and an acquaintance of Eric. Um, I just wanted to say thank you for saving my sanity during all of this. I, as you all know, I'm a people person, and I'm working from home, so it's a struggle. Um, I love the topics you've chosen so far, and I would love to hear some Sardinia Founders Day and some Low Richie kickball stories. Thank you, and keep recording the podcast. Thank you, Beth. Much appreciated. Um, uh, we're glad to be your company during the work at home phase of our lives here. And that's kind of where we all are, I believe. And that's, I don't know if that's where we started with our uh, purpose of doing this, but that's kind of where we've meandered to, I guess you could say, that we are off the wall company where the uh, crazy uncles that you never had, or maybe you did have, I don't know, but uh, People seem to like that part, so I guess we'll we'll try to keep that up. Agreed? Agreed. Agreed. Thank you very much. All right. So, as uh, the show always goes, this is Play by Ear, and the way it works, we all bring a topic to the table, and we all have 20 minutes to have a roundtable discussion about that topic, and we always rotate as to who goes first in the roundtable, and tonight... It is my turn. I get the honors to lead off. And the lead off is things your parents told you to get their way. Now, I'm talking oh. about when you were young, a youngster. I heard that word earlier this week, and I think, <laughs> man, that, that's like a it's like an old person word. Hey, <laughs> back when I was a youngster. <laughs> or a youngin. So, uh, a youngin. A whippersnapper. <laughs> Ripper snapper, yeah, uh, any of those things. But back when you were young, things that your parents told you, which of course were, uh, what did you call them, Brady, earlier? Tales taught, uh, told by the. Oh yes, um, uh, I think I used the term. Um, oh geez, man, you put me on the spot. I'm blanking out. <laughs> I, I did. 
Hus, huswiffery. Oh, huswiffery. Yes, tales yes. of huswiffery. I'm breaking into my sophomore uh, English lit classes. Huswiffery. Let's see, uh, sophomore English. Who was that? That'd that be Mrs. Roberts. Roberts. Yeah. If you're out there, Mrs. Roberts, thanks for listening. If not, that's who our sophomore English teacher was. Anyway, uh, I do have a list. So I figure the best way we can handle this list, as we do most of our lists, we'll just kind of go down the list and we'll talk about if our parents actually told us this or not. Uh, And I'm thinking, just kind of glancing through the list, we probably have heard most of these. Okay. So number, number one on the list, sitting too close to the TV will... Make your, your eyesight? eyeballs rot. <laughs> Ruin your eyesight is what's on the list. I got and it. I never actually heard the uh, eyeballs rot thing. I don't know what uh, Mousy was telling you, Brady, but uh, they'll spoil. <laughs> rot out of your head. <laughs> now, whether there's some scientific study out there that would tell you such a thing, can't say. But have have you both heard that? Yeah. Well, the funny thing is about that also was, was, you know, you were being told to move away from the TV, but yet you were also in my house constantly being told to go turn the TV because I was the remote control. So it was, uh, you know, I, I would, I tried to save some time by just staying close to the TV. So you're constantly getting told to back up and then go to the TV and change it. So I'd like to know, did you close your eyes as you approach the TV and grab the knob? <laughs> <laughs> See where you're saving your did you, eyesight. Did you, did you shade your eyes? Yeah. I did not. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, so on, on that note, it, it probably would just, your kids would just be amazed at the fact that you did not have a remote control. You actually had to get up and turn the TV. Yeah. Now, we were big time. We we actually had a push button, like a a number grid where you push the two numbers in and that's before we got cable in Sardinia, that's what we had to do. We had to go up to the TV and push push the two numbers in. All you needed was five, nine, and twelve. Oh, and, and nineteen and for 19. Your cartoons. <laughs> and sixty four if you're lucky. Yeah. On a Saturday morning. The, the the eyes of Cincinnati with Mr. Ed, is that right? Is that what you said? Oh gosh, yes. Mr. Ed and uh, world class championship wrestling from Dallas, Texas. <laughs> yeah. All um, right. Uh, uh, before you move on, I, I do remember the first remote I ever saw um, real TV remote. Um, my Honduran godparents, they had one and it, it came in a big old styrofoam, it, like something that you would pack a kidney in if you were getting into the hospital in time. It was like a big old like styrofoam case and the remote was embedded inside of it, but it had to stay in the styrofoam case. It's the first one and only one I've ever seen. So just throwing that in there for Really interesting historical I've, I've perspective. I've never seen such a thing. Now, I call the remote, probably because my dad calls a remote, a clicker. Yeah. My wife calls the remote the buttons, which I, I think we talked about that somewhere along the lines. The buttons. Yeah, it, it seems like ominous. there needs to be. An, it seems like there needs to be another word there, like the 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 buttons box or the the buttons. You know the the. Thing the with buttons. buttons. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to have Becky on it as a guest and ask her but, how she would, uh, I guess, complete that statement. That the buttons. Were yeah, buttons. that's that's interesting. Okay, number two. 
a Swiftry tail. If you swallow your gum, it will blow a bubble in your belly. <laughs> no. Plug up the plug up the plumbing. Oh, come on. You got really? It will stay inside your stomach for how long? Eternity? No. Seven years. Really? You guys have never I've heard I've never that? heard that. No. 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 Wow. I was now always told connected it. to windows. I not windows to mirrors. <laughs> Jeez, please. <laughs> now I am corn fused. <laughs> no, I didn't know there was a time frame on it. I just thought it was in there. It was no. it, it was yeah, seven years. I that I I had heard that before. I, I don't I know. I can't that. recall as to whether my parents told me that, but I'd heard that before. I think and that's with if, that time frame. I think that's if you if you yeah if you chew bubble gum while walking under a ladder or something and of that nature. The incredibly bad luck. <laughs> well, it, th- that that premise kind of sounds kind of crazy because if that were the case, people that were trying to lose weight, it just seems like they would to swallow a whole box of gum because then that would be like, instead of gastric bypass, your stomach would just fill up a bubble gum and perform the same thing, wouldn't it? A, a poor man's stomach stapling, if you will. Yes. It all comes out in the end, you know? <laughs> uh, apparently not for seven years <laughs> if it's bubble gum. Uh, okay, number three. You can't go swimming for how long after eating? Oh, 30 mind-numbingly eternal minutes. Yes. Yes. Now, that one had some staying power. That one actually had some credo behind it, I think, because I, I think even, like, doctors and people said that. Oh. I, I, I always remember off. being... I always casted a pox on that because I was a, I'm a, I was a pretty aquatic kid, and I'm still a pretty aquatic adult, and I'm like, why? I have jumped in the water numerous times after eating and never experienced these life-ending cramps that you know it just never happened and anytime somebody said that i was just like that's the moment where i just dropped my proverbial mic it's like stand back watch this i will not cramp and die <laughs> yeah you're I the one who was leaving that. all the wet food around the swimming pool when i was growing up then ah uh, yes, yeah it's definitely you brady <laughs> Jeez, i hated okay, that next, one uh, next lie your parents told you to get their way if you eat a watermelon seed, it will do what? Grow a watermelon in your stomach. Yes. I was getting Grow that mixed up with the gum. Stomach. Wow. Yeah. Brady is Brady is bemused. Uh, I'm bemused. So why watermelon? I mean, if you accidentally ate a grape seed, can you have a vineyard and the watermelon <laughs> subsiding in your stomach at Could the same be. time? An in or, your vineyard. Or, a, or an orange <laughs> seed or that's I that's I, I think but, it was be because probably because uh, you know it seems like a watermelon seed would have been the most common seed back then i you know it seemed like i don't remember getting seedless watermelon as a kid it was always seedful uh, seed, yeah seed, seedless watermelon i believe has been a relatively recent mm-hmm. uh, but whatever uh, uh, what, what do they call those things in biology a uh, GMO permutation, a, a mutation, a mm-hmm. genetically modified organism. There, there you go. Very good. Genetically modified. Um, I gotta tell you though that like that was never a problem for me because I avoided the seeds like a plague. You know, I was always grossed out when I crunched into a watermelon seed and made a horrific <laughs> face and spat it out promptly. I didn't want it. I didn't well, want it to did, swallow well, it. Go ahead. There, Eric. Were the, there were the black seeds. Yeah, and then there were the white seeds. I was gonna say it depends on the maturity of the seed. 
That that would be true. The 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 harder the harder black seeds definitely. I mean, those were easy to if, if you if one of them slipped into your mouth, it was easy to dispose of it. But the the you know the softer uh, white the, the white colored ones, yeah, they were they were harder to uh, you know dispose of if they got in your mouth. Yeah. Now there's also the danger of getting appendicitis because that's one of my fears in life. I don't know why that's a fear in my. I've always feared appendicitis. And you um, eat seeds, and the seeds end up in the appendix, and then the appendix, you know, gets infected, and then eating you're in a bad way. seeds <laughs> is a pastime <laughs> activity. <laughs> is that <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> that was a song lyric. I can't remember the song. It was a uh, system of a down. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Toxicity. Take your word for it. Whoever's listening out there, toxicity. Help me out. I believe it's uh, that's a lyric. Um. Hey, Eric. I do want to like. Um. Okay. I had appendicitis about. uh, Let's see. My child is now five, so it would have been four years ago. And um, I in the throes of you know I'd been given like like ivs and they'd given me some pain medicine to take the edge off when they delivered me in the news that i had appendicitis so i remember asking the doctor this question i said hey i've heard that if you eat seeds or like sunflower seeds and sunflower seed husks that they get stuck in your appendix is that true and he said nah not really he said i'm not saying it never happens but he said that was an overblown fear so there you go rest easy son what about, a, what about a bean skin? A bean skin? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta hate the bean a skin. A bean sheath. <laughs> oh, man. So, how, so uh, how does one get appendicitis then? Your appendix becomes inflamed. Well, yeah. <laughs> what inflames it? Um, I don't know. Eating seeds. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I'm never going to be able to look at. I mean, I was never a big system of the down, system of a down fan. But you uh, would know the song if you heard it. I'm not doing it very much justice because I was it's just vaguely a memory. In I my like head. hearing you do it better. <laughs> oh man! All right. Number ne- four. Next lie: our parents. Actually, number five. Oh, five. Now I, I can't say I've heard this one. Now maybe you two have. If you sneeze with your eyes open, they might fall out. <laughs> or rot out, right, Brady? <laughs> rot out. They will pop out of your ocular cavities. Um, I, I've heard you can't do but I've heard you can't do that. Okay, Vicky. <laughs> Vicky had a <laughs> um, I'm not gonna say murder <laughs> reference. Yeah, don't say that. So um, have you have you heard that one? I, I've heard I've a variation heard of it. I've heard that if you like people that like try to restrain their sneeze power by like pincing their nose, <laughs> pincing their nostrils shut, that the back of your head will explode. I've heard you could blow your eardrums out doing that. I mean, I could hear you could aneurysmize yourself. I've but, I've heard you just you can't you can't keep your eyes open while sneezing and and. Um, I would also like to add that for anyone listening, please don't try it. <laughs> we are not responsible for, um, you know. No, no. There's our disclaimer. Don't send us the bill. Okay, here, here's a classic. 
If you cross your eyes for too long, they will get stuck. Or stay that way. Stay that way. Yes. Yes. Can I offer the variation of that also? That if you make that face, if you make that, you know, quote, quote, funny face, you know, that it'll get frozen if you hold it too long. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's on down the list. Oh, okay. Oh, is it? I'm sorry. I, uh, I made a lot, I spent a lot of time when I was a kid making weird faces, trying to make people laugh and people in my family laugh. And I was, I was told that constantly that my face is going to freeze that way. Yeah. And maybe it has, I don't know. It made me wonder if there was like a, a children's hospital or home and it would be like the, you know, the Shriners Institute for frozen faced youths. (laughs) <laughs> that had like held their face too long, and then they were treating all these kids with fr- kids with frozen faces, and then um, you know Lou Rawls would have a telethon for them. <laughs> Lou Rawls, <laughs> hey, we're kicking it old school here. <laughs> uh, not to be confused with the Jerry Lewis telethon. That is correct. Okay, so the next one. Now this this is beyond the. Santa thing in general, because the the whole Santa thing is a big parent lie or a uh, whatever you want to call it. What <laughs> I did, I just, did I just ruin your life? <laughs> you did. Yes. Be be good, or Santa will bring you coal. Of coal. Coal. I've also been told reindeer poop. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Lumps of coal and reindeer poop. I'd never heard of reindeer poop being brought. That, that's that's beyond. I mean, coal would have at least some use. I mean, you could burn it in, I guess, in the stove. But I'll reindeer have you poop. Know, I'll have you know that they use reindeer poop as fuel in Lapland. <laughs> okay, very good. Yeah, I, I never go. heard the rain. I never heard the reindeer poop. Uh, Definitely the coal. It, it, it was always going to end up in my stocking. I want uh, to revisit. Uh, let, let, let's go back to the reindeer poop. This does make sense, though. Think about this. Because as other children, you know, as Santa is on the roof and the deliveries are being made, you know, those reindeer have to hold it for a while. So instead of getting toys, they clean off the roof of the reindeer droppings and give it to the bad so you're children. Saying, you're saying the reindeers conduct commerce on my roof? <laughs> They have conducted many a transaction on your roofs around the world, and it has to go someplace. So where does it go? Poorly behaved children. Okay. So let me ask you this, though. Does Santa collect his own reindeer poop and throw it down the chimney, or does he have a special elf that that is in charge of— Yes. Yes, I do believe there is an elf. believe that elf's name is Scooper Scooper Elf. (laughs) Scoopy is that elf's name. Scoopy the Elf. Scoopy Brown Heel. That's what we're going to call him. <laughs> hey, on that note. Only more than his heels would be brown. I'm th- th- that is true. He might have a case of the brown lung if he inhales too much. But, um, <laughs> hey, I do remember being very, very disturbed. Um, when I was seven, we went down to visit my uncle and my aunt in Miami, Florida. And we went in the magical, mystical RV. So I was really upset that Santa wouldn't be able to find me and we didn't have a chimney. 
So good old Andy Griffith. There was a Christmas Eve special that Andy Griffith said for all the kids that were traveling. There was an elf called Silverheels that did all the non-residential delivery. That was his job to find him. So that's where I came up with the name Brownheel because <laughs> Andy Griffith told me Silverheels would give me my toys. Well, way to go, Ange. <laughs> so would the would would your behavior determine how many clods of uh, reindeer poop you got in your in your stocking that that's what but that that, that kind of comes to mind yeah because the worse you were the more rancid and sizable amount of yeah i mean are droppings you, you would get so yeah so like one or two orbs of reindeer poop and you and you probably weren't uh you weren't too terrible but then if you end up with a whole sock full of them hanging from your chimney or hanging from your Mantle. Mantle. Exactly. And not only that, it was probably after Prancer was given high fiber alfalfa for for the bad children (laughs) that then moved through extra fast and pungently. So the feeding schedule of the reindeer would be based upon how many bad children there were in the world. Exactly. (laughs) Like, oh, that's a bad neighborhood. Throw in an extra bale of hay and oats. Because we're all about science here. Yes. Yes. Honestly, though, Think about this though. When you were a kid, and and uh, you know, I take it. I look at some of our humor on some of these podcast episodes. I can't imagine as a kid that I wouldn't have been a tad bit interested in getting some reindeer poop. <laughs> I mean, be I honest. Imagine you would be honest. I mean, coal can't do anything with that. But reindeer poop, you're like, oh, I need to smell like candy canes. You know, you, there's a whole world of of of. You can uh, annoy your uh, siblings well, with it. Seven year old boy. Give you a new projectile to launch at the bus stop. <laughs> there you go. You yeah. and your cousin Jason. Yeah. <laughs> Been saving this for a special occasion, Jason. You're done. <laughs> what is that? It's a reindeer feces. <laughs> oh, All my. right. Next. <laughs> had, it had tinsel in it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. That'll end him up in the vet. Haven't you ever heard that? <laughs> the tinsel how many vets have to go to the emergency room because they've swallowed tinsel and it's like anyway sorry this is a story for another time uh next lie <laughs> cracking your knuckles will cause diabetes <laughs> no diabetes. Uh, arthritis no. arthritis yes thank you lie all right <laughs> Yes, that is a uh, lie. I wish it were the truth because it sickens me. I can't handle that. <laughs> Thanks, Indoor. Brady. <laughs> uh, no, no. Like seriously, I get queasy when I hear that popping sound and <laughs> cracking sound. I've never cracked a knuckle intentionally, and each time I do, I queeze just a bit. So, if you were to get into a shower and there was a "How to Crack Your Knuckles" uh, guy hanging <laughs> off the shower head, I'd be naked, <laughs> face down on the first bed. Dripping wet. Boy, there's a visual. Oh. I hope our listeners can get out, can scrub out of their heads. I'm going to get some fan mail with that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing quite the opposite. <laughs> oh. See, All this right, is what uh, happens, ladies and gentlemen, when it gets past 10 o'clock and we record these. Uh, next lie. <laughs> Having the light on the car on in the car at night was illegal. Hmm. That's true, isn't it? Heard that one? I still thought that was true, yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually 
told my children that last week. Well, not you are a parent. Not true. Yeah, I didn't really? know that. No. I was today old makes, when I learned makes that. Makes it harder to see out <laughs> today. Today years old. <laughs> right now years old. Yep. Uh, yeah, but it makes it harder to see the road and all that. But uh, I, not not against the wall. No, they were thinking about changing some legislation because you know, with the advent of um, built-in DVD screens in cars, that it was just distri- like um, like in a minivan, the one that was in the second row, like it kind of blinded the people behind them. Have you heard anything about that? Uh-uh. Uh-oh. That it, that in a dark night, you know that that the DVD screen projects light back and kind of gets in the driver's eye. I'm just, I think that's a lie. I think they're probably watching what's ever on the screen and get getting distracted. Yeah, I typically that's like to the, pull up yeah. close and try to guess the movie they're. Yeah, watching. I was going to say yeah, I'm guilty. <laughs> to tell my kids we couldn't af- we couldn't afford our own DVDs, kids. So we're just going to lock eyes on theirs. <laughs> we're going to tailgate these people all the way to Florida. <laughs> All right, so uh, you heard our twenty-minute alarm go off, but I'm going to give you one more. Okay, and I'm going to I'm going to bet that you haven't heard this one because, first of all, I don't believe, unless Todd, you're a little younger than us. Of course, you lived you didn't live in town, but uh, we didn't have a lot of ice cream trucks around Sardinia when we were Utes. Mm-hmm. But but this one's ingenious, and that's why I wanted to highlight it. The lie is. An ice cream truck only plays music when they're out of ice cream. Oh, that's cruel. But ingenious. That is. That is. That's worse than like candy rots your teeth or swimming after, you know, that. that what, a, so what a childhood you, killer. You, you have a five-year-old. You can use that one. You, you have one of the ages you can use that one. You, you know what? I. I could not in good conscience do that. You know, um, I, I'm not, you know, we all spoil our children a bit, but, you know, th- there's limits to it. I could not deal with the heartbreak on the face of saying, oh, that means they're out of ice cream. That That's, <laughs> that's just awful. <laughs> that's true. But I thought you were going to say if no one's around to hear the ice cream truck playing music is the ice cream truck really playing music well now you're getting into college philosophy there if a tree (laughs) falls in the forest and no one is around does it make a sound yeah that's where i thought you were going with that at first and you guys our listeners can't see me smiling right now but this is so serendipitous because just eric just this very day today this evening like three hours ago i was um, taking my children to get an ice cream treat at a local spot. And I started, it's like when I was in second and third grade in music class, we sang a song about the ice cream man. Do you I remember, remember Eric? Song. Can't, can't remember the ice cream one. man of the ice cream man. Something about he came on the day the spring began. It was to, it was to the tune of the uh, Lone Ranger song that I do remember that now. But um, I do uh, remember that. It, well, and here here's the awful part. I don't remember the lyrics because all I remember is the um, the uh, R-rated parody that one of my classmates <laughs> sang, and I and I In was second just, grade. Uh, this would have been third grade. 
I will tell okay. I will tell you the classmate off air, and it will. Um, it can will you take it totally down to TV sense. fourteen, and can you uh, modify it to a TV fourteen, and give us a little bit of a, or is it just uh, too yeah, much? You, yeah, you you can't throw that out there and not give us some sort of. Um, let let's just say that the ice cream man. Um, and no, I'm not talking about the Van Halen song. I'm not crossing, you know, getting songs mixed up. But basically, the Ice Cream Man was a Lothario of sorts. Um, <laughs> that the mothers were glad to see the Ice Cream Man coming down the block. Ah, um, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. And um, so, I think we can use our imaginations. Could have been. I think we can. There was a right. there was one I was hoping was on the list real quick, fellas. I think we've mentioned this before, but were any of you told that your parents were going to see a man about a horse whenever they left any whenever they went anywhere? <laughs> I had that never is heard not on that. the list. But do, do you guys remember? Know, does, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. We and we talked about that a few episodes back. Yeah, my my dad would use that phrase all the time. Um, yeah, I never understood it. In, well, let's see, I'll, yeah. I'll tread delicately here if I can. This will take 15 seconds and we can move on. Um, after a fearful incident, my mother would, would threaten me with an old Western movie character that would appear, old Western movie villains uh, that scared me as a child. And she said if I went around the corner, one of them would be waiting for me. <laughs> wow. Yes. <laughs> I, I have a whole new impression of Linda Liming. <laughs> but um That's great. I, I, I don't want to be offensive, so I'll just let's just call them Western movie characters. Okay. <laughs> so maybe that maybe maybe something along maybe that's where the I went to see a man about a horse came from. Maybe it was all about westerns or something. I don't know. Yes, right? that's what it was. You know? But I just got sick any, of I got sick of no horse. Human transaction. <laughs> yeah. Any any well, not uh not what Brady calls a transaction, but <laughs> any, any general thing that a, people may want to do and they don't want to take their kids with them. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's, and we, I fell for it every time. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, but You're you said you were upset when they came back horseless. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You're looking out the no window for the horse. <laughs> and if, if I just would have thought about it, I mean, you know, we never had a, I mean, my dad was usually driving a, uh, Oh, uh, Caprice, like a Chevy, a Chevy Caprice or something. You can't, you can't fit a horse in a Caprice. <laughs> no, not even a Shetland pony. <laughs> does that qualify as a horse? I don't know. Or does it have to be a full size horse? If it's just a little errand, is it just a man after a Shetland pony? Or? Yeah, you, that's right, true. You never heard. I'm going to see a man about a pony. No, I, I and I'm going way too far off the edge <laughs> for that. So. That is topic one. All right. Good topic. Good topic. Todd, I think you're you're up next. I am. So it's been a I think it's been a couple episodes since we've talked about music, and it's something we always come back to because obviously we're all uh, three pretty big music fans. So I thought maybe we could put together a little all-time super group. Taking our, you know, for each member of the band, each position in the band and putting together our own super group. And we, we didn't really talk about rules, but I, I would like to throw out there that I think they could be living or dead. Would you guys agree to that? Agree. Sure. Okay. 
And one thing that we probably should figure out real quick is are we doing this kind of uh, where we each pick, like, say, a drummer, or are we just each doing our own super group? How would you guys like to do that? I, th- I think we should do it in the round. I think you should pick a position, and then everyone picks that position, and then go to the next one. Okay. All right. So maybe I'll call the position, and then we can we can circle around. Let's start with drums, the skins. So Brady, put you on the spot. What? Who would be your drummer in your all star super group, all time super group? Well, I had to think about this a little bit, but then it just emerged from out of the blue. I'm going to go Stuart Copeland of the Police. One of the most well-rounded. He could play the rock. He could play the funky. He could play the jazzy. He could play the reggae beats. He could do about anything. And um, it, whenever you hear him, you know it's him. He's one of those very distinct drummers. So I'm definitely going Stuart. All right. Very good pick. My Mr. turn. Mr. Fiscus. Okay. Uh and, and I'll kind of give you a, a two-part pick here because, like Brady, I guess I'm a little biased. I feel Stick's current drummer, Todd Zuckerman, is outstanding. That now, he is. Does he, does he have enough of a body of work to be put on the greatest supergroup of all time list? I don't know, but I think he's outstanding. With that being said, my drummer would be Jeff Percaro. Of Toto. Oh, yeah. Nice. And reason for that is, obviously, Toto's music is is very popular. A lot of songs have uh, stood the test of time. But also, as with the other members of Toto, they were very accomplished studio musicians. Mm-hmm. And to be able to have the flexibility to basically be a, a player for hire and go in the studio and just be able to carry a song, which, you know, the drums drive the song. Uh, Outside of Toto, Jeff Percaro played on Beat It. Michael Jackson, he played Ah, drums on that song. I did not know that. So, yeah. So, again, showing the flexibility, as Brady said about Stuart Copeland, yeah, I would say the same thing about Jeff Percaro. Awesome. That's my pick. Good pick. Good pick. All right. Uh, So, for my drummer, you know, I, I always credit mainly you, Eric, but also, you know, your your group of friends that I eventually became friends with as well. I credit you guys with with kind of shaping my musical tastes. And, you know, Eric, you kind of were you were responsible for getting me into like the classic rock bands, the late 70s, uh, early 80s, the arena rock, uh, your sticks, your journey, your audio speedwagon. Uh, you know, bands like that, Brady, you and, and SJ and a couple of our other friends would have been more responsible for like the eighties hair metal. <clears throat> but the first music that I kind of, I guess, stumbled across myself or that I, that I did not really have a whole lot of people pushing me towards was, was punk rock and, uh, mainly the pop punk type stuff. I'm not a big fan of the, of the, whatever you want to call it, the, you like know, the, the sex, sex pistols. pistols. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of that, but, but anyway, uh, and, and ultimately that's what I ended up my first seven, eight years of playing music. That's what I, I, you know, I was playing punk rock and, and, and playing in bands, playing that type of music. And Blink-182 was probably one of the biggest influences on me at, for that style of music. And so I'm going with Travis Barker and for, and for two reasons quickly here is that number one, 
I've never seen a drummer come into a band. He's not the original drummer. I've never seen a drummer come into a band that completely changes the dynamic of a band for the better. Like the tra- that Travis did, he opened their music up. He got rid of, you know, he got away from just the kind of straightforward punk rock beat that doesn't get much respect. And you probably won't find a drummer alive that's in any drummer magazine or any, you know, anybody in the business who wouldn't tell you that, that they would put Travis up against about everybody. Uh, he, he's not just fast, but he is fast. He's not, you know, he's, he's power. And the biggest thing I think that I would, the reason I would pick him is because when I go to a concert, I like to watch the drummer and, and I've seen some of the greats and I've never seen one as fun live to watch as he is. Uh, you know, he just gets bored and he might put a towel over his head and play the whole song with a towel over his head. And it's not just a <laughs> simple kick snare. You know, it's, it's, it's just stuff to challenge himself or he might play the entire song with one hand or something like that. He's just a showman as well. So I'm going Travis Barker for my drummer. He was in the Aquabats too. Very cool. And yes, yeah. So, how about we go next to bass guitar, Brady? Okay. Um, I have a favorite bass player. I'm not saying he's the most technically proficient, which he he is in a different way. But I am going John Taylor of Duran Duran. Um, he could bring the pop. He could bring the funk. He can, you know, bring the harder edge. And he, once again, that distinctive sound, um, I've always been a John Taylor fan. I've always been a Duran Duran fan. In fact, I said, anybody that calls Duran Duran a boy band, I will fight them um, because that's not what they are at all. They're a group of tremendous musicians who happen to be wearing Anthony Price suits and makeup and uh, marrying supermodels. So anyway, but yeah, John Taylor gets mad respect for me. Um, I love his, his body of work and I would love to play with him. He would be a fun bass player to put in a band. He is spectacular. Mr. Fiscus. Uh, well, uh, again, uh, looking at flexibility and that's kind of what's driving me in, uh, a lot of this and this, this may be, I don't know if this falls under the flexibility category here, um, and this may be a, an interesting pick because he's, I don't know that he's necessarily known for his bass playing, but you look, you look at a bassist, a, a drummer is more visible than a bassist, a bassist and, and Todd, no, mm-hmm. no offense intended here, but, uh, <laughs> none taken the, the bassist generally kind of is beside the drummer not not very much out in front of things usually uh with a few exceptions my choice for bassist and again to make my super group very uh, colorful let's just say lemmy nice nice yeah good pick thank you i never knew you had uh, motorhead in your playlist well uh, again, I, I I'm a big fan of bass. I'm a big fan of of the the low end of the song, uh, and the bass again sets that big I bottom. The, big, yes, big bottom. Here's Eric. It's a great point because here's the thing: a lot of people don't want to admit to it, specifically lead guitarists, but nobody dances to guitar. That's true. People That's dance to bass. That is a fact. True, but great pick. Uh, you, um, you know, and and you know, Eric, that's actually not 
I, I'm a little surprised you picked him. I think same as Brady, but not not because of the of the of the not because it was a bad pick. Just because again, I didn't didn't know that you were a a fan. But he actually is usually mentioned by a lot of you know his fellow musicians as being a, a great bassist. And it's not it's not something probably skill wise. I doubt if he's out there. You know, he's no flea. I mean, he's no he. But but for what he did and for that just that driving uh, and singing as well. You know not an easy thing well, to see, do. And and that's a good point. I think it's probably what I was trying to get at. I'm not looking for someone like flea who basically is a, a guitarist on a bass. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for someone who sets the bottom of the song. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I funny you picked that. You said that because my first pick for bass, I was going to go Billy Sheehan. I, I didn't, but the reason I didn't is don't get me wrong. He's, he's fantastic. He's, he's probably one of the, the most, fun bass players I've ever seen, but he's, he definitely plays. He's like a guitar on bass. Um, not that he can't play. He can play anything first off, but anyway, I'm not going to spend much time, but Billy Sheehan was my first pick, but I, I, I kicked him off because of that. And, you know, I agree. I, I think that, uh, the bass player has a very important job and I, and I actually don't consider myself a bass player. I consider myself a rhythm guitarist that just plays bass, but, you know, and I try to kind of break the mold of, you know, I don't just stand in the back. I try to go have fun and, and, and make it an instrument that people can, can enjoy and, and things like that. But I, I found myself listening to the, all the bands that you got me into, you know, Boston and, and cheap trick and survivor and all those bands. And I don't think you push me much towards Skinner, but I'm a huge Leonard Skinner fan. And you look back and, the bass work does not get any credit in that music. And when you really listen to it, it's fantastic. It's, it's every bit as impressive as the guitar work and they're known as being a guitar band. So Leon Wilkerson would be my, my favorite bassist. Uh, I've even stolen his, uh, he was known as the mad hatter. He wore, he wore multiple hats throughout the uh, show on stage. And I, I kind of, uh, mimic that myself and just a fantastic bass player died too soon. He's 42 years old when he died, but he, uh, and go, to go back to Brady's pick, Brady, one thing that I think, you know, you're, you're pure bassist, you're, you're people who, who, you know, scoff at people like me who, who play bass with a pick. Uh, Leon Wilkerson could play with either, but he played with a pick a lot, uh, you know, and, and, and I actually play, I can do either as well, but I play better with a pick. And then you mentioned, uh, uh, John sorry, Taylor. your pick, John Taylor. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, uh, hunger like the wolf, uh, was recorded with him using a pick. So when you hear it, you would think it's not something that he's, you know, and I hate to get geek out on you guys musically, but you know, I think a good bassist is just versatile. And I think someone like Leon Wilkerson, if you go back and listen to Skinner, go to YouTube and listen to just bass tracks on any of these guys we're talking about, whether it be Lemmy, whether it be John, you know, listen to just the bass work of the songs. You can do that. Usually if you just Google it, they just take everything else out of the recording and listen to some of the work and you'll be, you'll be pretty impressed. It is impressive. Uh, how about we go with keyboardist or p- piano keyboard? Okay. Um, this one gave me the most trouble because, um, yeah, you know, because I, I was thinking of iconic, you know, piano keyboard songs and um, I kept on going back and forth between two and um, my, my gut and I didn't want, I didn't want it to come off like I was just trying to do a Duran Duran tribute, but um, <laughs> Nick Rhodes of Duran Duran was like kind of in my 
side as being the guy, but I kind of changed it. And um, I, I'm going to go with a pick that just as far as iconic keyboard work, I'm going to go with Jonathan Kane of Journey. Um, what a number of, you know, just truly memorable from, you know, um, the opening of don't stop believing to, uh, the opening of separate ways to that. There's just so many cool keyboard things he's done. And this was, like I said, it was a super, super hard pick, but I just kept on going back to, um, Jonathan Kane. Excellent pick. Okay. All around musician, right? I mean, I, I, I'm, I mean, he played. Didn't he play other things besides the keys as well? I believe. Yeah, he would play yeah. some rhythm guitar. Well, don't stop believing. Actually, after the, the opening, he would switch to rhythm mm-hmm. guitar a lot of the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. Eric. Okay, so you have you have keyboardists and you have piano players. Mm-hmm. So. And I like Brady, this was rough for me because to me they're kind of separate in in a way. Um, so I guess for this particular part, you're looking for someone who does well at both. So that kind of leaves out people maybe, well, I, and maybe it's just me, I guess. just No, I get that mind own. thinking. I totally understand. Yeah. Uh, so in my mind, that leaves out people like Billy Joel or Elton John or anybody like that. Um, again, I want flexibility in my band mm-hmm. as far as people who can do both. So again, I may be a little biased, but I will say Dennis DeYoung um, showed a lot of proficiency on the keyboard, a lot of proficiency on the piano and uh, uh, rock ballads. So again, my bias does show there, but uh, Dennis DeYoung for my particular band and great vocalist. So yes, yeah, he was the he was a triple threat. Yes, <clears throat> or is a triple threat, I should say. Yeah, so I am going to go. <laughs> don't feel bad about you guys uh, the bias because I am going to stick with Skinnerd, and I'm going to go with the late great Billy Powell, and. Definitely more piano than keyboard, just because of the of the of the style of music and the time that that Skinner was was you know starting to get big, and there weren't a whole lot of keys as much you know keyboards or synths and things like that as much as just straight piano. And, and I think that's one of the things. Again, Skinner gets credit for being a guitar band, but think about how many rock guitar bands had a rock and roll piano player with them. You know, it, they they made the piano part of the of the rock sound of the of the rock band. And listen, if you listen to Tuesday's Gone and you listen to the piano work on, on Freebird, you know, like usually a live version of it or something, uh, I, I don't think that – I don't think I've had many keyboard – or too, too many piano solos slash just piano work in a song kind of move me as much as Billy Powell's work in, in those two particular songs. So I'm going Billy Powell. Good choice. Very good. And so let's move on to – Okay, I broke it up with two two guitarists because I felt that was important. Uh, so let's go with lead guitarist first. I threw a wrench at you there. I thought you, I knew you were probably expecting rhythm guitarist, but let's go lead guitarist first. 
And this is the one that gave me the hardest time because there's <laughs> so many great guitar players and so many lead players that, you know, I've just listened to and just truly loved listening to and getting to know over the years. Um, but I'm going to go with my favorite, a guy that could kind of do it all and has his own unique spin. But I'm going with Nuno Betancourt of Extreme. Um, here's a guy nice. that can rock it out on acoustic. He can metal it up. He can compose. He can just absolutely shred and, and also do it in a very unique way. He's not mm-hmm. just, um, you know, speed scales. He can play them fast, but, you know, just it, it's his own sound and his own touch to it. So after a lot of, you know, everybody expects, you know, like Eddie Van Halen or Ingve, but but I'm I'm going Nuno because he is not he's a, an incredible songwriter, and he can pick up the acoustic and tone it down mm-hmm. and play more than just three chords. Um, actually, like one of the few times uh, my jaw was just dropped when I saw him doing it. I think what is that called? It's an instrumental break. I think it's called Midnight Express. He plays on acoustic, and I've just never seen it done before, and I've never seen anybody else do it. And I just like. I'm quitting guitar because I'm never even going to, I don't even know how he did that sitting there mm-hmm. two feet from him watching it. So yeah, Nuno's my guy. Good pick. Very good. Uh, again, I will say like Brady, this one gave me a bit of a pause, actually both guitarists because, um, and in the, within the bounds of a band, I, I think, and I'm saying this totally offhand because I I personally have never been in a rock band per se as a guitarist, but it seems like there's a certain mindset to being the lead guitarist versus a rhythm guitarist. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe in this particular instance in my band, I don't want someone who is flexible. I want someone who does that job. So... The stunts and the party tricks. Well, yeah. So maybe it's cliche, but I choose someone who uh, set the modern lead guitarist role in Eddie Van Halen. Can't go wrong with that pick. Can't go wrong. He was right there close on my list, but he's the man. I thought about about Hendrix, but uh, Hendrix probably a little too... I don't know. It, it It's not modern. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie Van Halen is the modern lead guitarist to me. Well, and think about this. <clears throat> think about how many of the of the greats, the modern greats, when I say modern, obviously, you know, 80s on, there would be no so-and-so if there wouldn't have been an Eddie Van Halen. You know what I mean? It's, it's, right. He was so influential, and I think a lot of people were trying to be him, and... Like, yeah, I I think that there's probably 10 to 15 guitarists that we probably could put on this list, and anyone listening who is a fan of music and a fan of guitar, you know, guitar playing, I think would probably completely agree. I've been fortunate enough to see a lot of concerts, uh, many with you guys, uh, uh, you know, and, and a lot of different types of music, and I've probably seen every every great guitarist that I've ever wanted to see. I've seen Eddie a couple of times, uh, Ingve, you know, Satriani, 
and I'm going Nuno as well, Brady. Are we allowed to? Are we allowed oh, no. to have the same oh, pick? Sure. Yeah, because yeah, I had I had Nuno down. Uh, I, I won't. Uh, uh, there's our buzzer, but Nuno, uh, uh, cla- classic, just he, that funk that he brought that was so different than 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 anyone else. His style, it was it was tasteful. Uh, he also, one thing you didn't mention, Brady, very good singer, uh, great backing oh, yes. vocalist. Uh, of course, we're picking him for his guitar skills, but but I'm the same. I, you know, I put him up against anyone because I don't think anyone else can do anything that he can't. But I think he can do some things that other people can't. Yeah, and played wash washboard guitars, Brady. So there you go. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move a little quicker here. Maybe I don't I don't want to take up any more time than we have to. But how about we go rhythm guitarist and then we'll save singer for last. So rhythm guitarist okay. Brady. Okay, this is going to be an out-of-left-field pick because, um, well, I'll explain it. I'm going to go with my rhythm guitarist as Taylor Locke from the band Rooney. Um, Here is a guy that could play a mean rhythm guitar that just fits a song perfectly, even though this dude is probably barely over 30 years old now. um, His sound was just so classic. It was a good sound. He was proficient, and he it just his rhythms add so much to the song. But um, and Eric, you know, you being a classic rock guy, if you strip down the music and listen to what he's playing, it could fit in any seventies arena band or any seventies, um, you know, classic rock band. Um, he's just a guy that brings a modern twist to everything, but old older sensibilities. I've had the good fortune of seeing him before he left the band and they kind of went their separate ways, but um, just an absolutely tremendous live performance and a tremendous live sound. So that's going to be my uh, left field pick. So please look up Rooney and Taylor Locke. Yeah. I saw Rooney with you at uh, Southgate house. Yes. Over in Newport. Very good show. Yeah. Mr. Eric Fiscus. All right. Uh, My choice, I guess maybe you could say is a little out of left field. Maybe not. Um, my choice is Terry Kath, the late guitarist for Chicago. Oh, interesting. To me, anyone who can set themselves apart in a band with horns (laughs) and who Jimi Hendrix looks at and says he's better than me, that's good enough for me. Um, obviously he died too young as well, but, uh, Mm. you know, again, the, the ability to set yourself apart, in that particular grouping, because usually, I mean, really the lead guitarist is the one that's out in front and uh, of the music part of it, uh, obviously aside from the vocalist, but um, this is the instrument that you set out front. Now with Chicago, you had horns and everything else going on, but you know, Terry Kath, the ability to, to be above and beyond all that, and again, with Hendrix saying, hey, he's better than I am, good enough for me. Well, and I, I think tasteful will be another good, you know, uh, no adjective to notes. describe. Yeah, to describe his guitar work, yeah. Chicago's yep. guitar work in general. Uh, well, I had one on my list that I think everybody obviously knows. Uh, maybe not. Uh, if you're an ACDC fan, uh, obviously Angus Young gets all the credit. I had Malcolm Young down. Uh, again, the late great Malcolm Young, uh, who gets nowhere near enough credit, you know, for keeping the rhythm going while Angus is doing his thing. But I scratched it out at the last minute because I remembered somebody who, again, looking at personal influence here, uh, 
Johnny Ramone. And uh, I'm a huge Ramones fan. You know, I think they're iconic in every way. And one of the things that I found funny about when I was coming up playing guitar and, and people like Brady, you know, uh, who were 80s shredders, uh, you know, it was just such a different style than when I was learning to play that that kind of pop punk stuff, which was all the down picking, uh, you know, rhythm based. Your your right hand was more important than your left hand. And and this isn't a knock towards Brady because he's, he's he does it very well. But, you know, in general, a lot of the a lot of the 80s shredders have a hard time with the rhythms, the tight rhythms of like a Ramon song, because it's the down picking. Uh, if you want a, a, a fast lane to carpal tunnel, uh, <laughs> you know, play, play some, uh, learn the, the Ramones Is catalog, that a song? <laughs> learn the Ramones catalog, uh, and, and, and realize that it's, it's 99.99% down picking fast down picking. You know, you, you don't, your right hand doesn't get a break. And, you know, he was the only guitar player in the band and there really wasn't a whole lot of lead, a couple of little tiny melodic solos here and there, but just a good solid, you know, crank the amp and down pick until your hand falls off. And so Johnny Ramone is my super group or my all time super group rhythm guitarist. All right, let's finish it up with singers. I know we've talked about singers in other episodes, so some of these may sound familiar. Brady. Oh man. After much debate, um, I'm going to go on a very safe pick, but a very classic pick, and I'm going Steve Perry, Steve Perry, Steve Perry, Steve Perry <laughs> is going to be my um, singer. I I don't think I need to say much more than that. Um, just whatever ways who could do it all. Um, just a tremendous talent, and he could write some lyrics too. So um, I'm going to go with Steve Perry. Excellent choice. All right, my choice basically echoes my choice from when we discussed this a few weeks back. Ann Wilson. Awesome. Again, very very flexible uh, as far as can rock out, can sing the ballad. And I said back then, I'll say it again, I would pay to listen to her sing the phone book. Um, and again, to give a little variety to my band with a female lead singer, Ann Wilson. <laughs> You know, Eric, I have to say, this is no knock on Brady's all-time supergroup or my own. I, I, I think I'm the most interested in yours, Eric. <laughs> I, I would I would give anything to see that band. And I was I was getting ready to throw out that whole tasteful thing, not to overuse that, but I was. it's like your, your band, but then you throw the Lemmy in there, and I'm not sure taste was what he was going after, but uh, I would love to have seen Lemmy play with, and his mole, uh, play with... Uh, play, play with more his mole than Lemmy. <laughs> play uh with this group so uh, i'm i'm very uh your your group excites me uh <laughs> i'm going to round mine off with sebastian bach uh yeah. so i went 80s with the singer I, you know i think again he was capable of hitting any note and, and just power i go back to the song uh i remember you uh, I don't know that there's a better vocal performance that I can think of. I think I said that in another episode. So I'll stop it right there. I'm going Sebastian Bach, and that rounds off my all-time supergroup. Hey, Todd, okay. evidently there's a YouTube clip someplace. I've never seen it. But he's doing a sound check warm-ups, and he's singing um, Hopelessly Devoted to You um, from the Grease soundtrack that Olivia Newton-John sang. And they just said it's enough to set 
you know, give you goosebumps because his performance was just, I'm you know, sure. Yeah. It, it Google sometime you, you go search other people singing. Like, like the one that comes to mind is I, I watched a Carrie Underwood, uh, clip of a concert where she was covering, I remember you and watch how she even, she has to step down on the, on the, when, you know, when the key change at the end, you know, watch how she even has to, and she's a great, great singer, awesome voice. And how, you know, that's a female uh, top notch singer that, that knows to back away when it, when it, you know, and, and not even try to tackle what, what Sebastian Bach was able to do yeah. in that song. So there we have it. Uh, Bach can't even do it anymore. Oh no, no, not at all. I'm not sure he could do it back then, other than the studio. But <laughs> I, you know, I didn't see him live back in in the '80s. I, you know, I've seen him live several times since, but I don't know. He did live Broadway. He did. Well, that's um, true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jekyll and Hyde. He played the lead role in that, and um, uh, the man's got some seriously well trained yep. vocal, you know, abilities. I think he could do it. Um, a good autobiography too. I read it. So he talked yeah. about his vocal preparation. He could do it. I just don't think he could do it anymore. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, thank you for sharing your super group. Uh, I know that topic, uh, maybe didn't have quite the humor out there for our listeners, but hopefully some interesting thought, uh, process and people start maybe picking their own super group, share them with us on our, on our Facebook page or a voicemail, leave your, leave your choices and we'll put them in the next episode. Absolutely. Brady, you're batting cleanup today. I'm going to bat cleanup and how sweet it is. Um, my topic, I'm going to be just stealing Todd's thunder a little bit. I usually don't get into the food topics, but I'm taking the mantle of the food topic today. And uh, we talked a couple episodes back about your quarantine house and you know who do you want hanging out with you. So um, my job is to get your mouth watering and your um, sweets alarms going off by talking about what is on the dessert cart in your quarantine house. Now you've seen the, you know, the upscale restaurants where they have the dessert cart and they bring out that cart and they open it up and you could just choose from an array of desserts. So what is on your dessert cart, gentlemen? It must be a fancy quarantine house if we have our own dessert tray, dessert cart. Yeah. Hey, if so I are, got... are there are are there parameters to this as far um, as are we picking from a like a a a particular type of dessert and like maybe what's your favorite cake or is it just wide your open and... dessert? It could be a pie. It could be a cake. It could be a crumpet. It could be a tart. It could be. <laughs> You know, it could be a scone. It could be anything that you wish. It is your dessert cart. It could be, you know, it could be an after dinner and a pre-dinner cognac and a cigar if you wish. Um, what is on your dessert cart? And um, let's see. Does anybody want to volunteer to start this off? Or do you want me to? I'll go. Okay. Uh, and only because I, you mean, Eric mentioned earlier in the, the beginning of the episode that yesterday was my birthday, and uh, three birthday years into my forties now, it's it's not getting any easier. Uh, <laughs> but the one thing that remains uh, as good as gold for me is is my once a year birthday treat of red velvet cake. And uh, my mom, who I don't talk a lot about, I, you know, I mentioned I realized the other day that I talk a lot about my dad on here, but not much about my mom. Uh, you know. 
again, one of the most amazing people I've ever met, my mom. And every year she makes me red velvet cake. This year she made red velvet cupcakes uh, so we could share them more with my son whose birthday is next week. So that's on that's any dessert cart that I'm going to be associated with has to have red velvet. But here's the here's the catch. And I do not mean to insult any red velvet cake bakers out there, <laughs> but there is a certain kind of icing that goes on red velvet cake, and it is not cream cheese icing. There is yeah. a red velvet cake icing that is specifically made for red velvet cakes. The uh, The ingredient card growing up in my house, said, it said red velvet cake icing on it. It involved pots and pans and a, and a, a you know, steam on the on the stovetop. I mean, it, it, it was not a, uh, wasn't from a jar, and it was not cream cheese-based. I don't even know how to explain it. It's just a fluffy red velvet cake icing. So there you have it. That's my first dessert. So so back up. The the red velvet cake icing that your mother makes is not cream cheese based? No. No. That's interesting uh, because usually that's the basis of red velvet cake ice icing. That that's what uh that's what the stores would have you to believe. Uh, but, uh, you know, and I, and I, I know this wasn't like a, a, a recipe my mom, you know, cause I mean, I could tell from the, uh, the, uh, recipe card, it had been passed down, uh, several generations. Uh, so, and, and you know, I'm just kind of, I'm joking halfway here. I don't, I don't like cream cheese based icing on, on red velvet cake, but it's better than no red velvet cake. So if you've never had my mom's red velvet cake, you, you, you guys should have some. So I got to ask, did you have crazy meatloafs? No, no, I didn't get, well, because of the uh, quarantine and stuff, we didn't get to have dinner together. It was pretty much just picking up the cupcakes and, and you know, maintaining our social distancing and then bringing them home. But I do have a yeah. quick, uh, funny story. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to talk so much about this first dessert, but I, I was eating it last night and, uh, and I, I realized that I'd forgotten to stop and get any ice cream. And I like just plain vanilla ice cream with my red velvet cake. And so I'm thinking and I'm panicking. I'm like, I got to have some ice cream, but I, I didn't really want to go back out. So I realized that we had some miniature ice cream sandwiches in the freezer. And I thought, those have ice cream. Those have <laughs> vanilla ice cream in them. And at first I thought, okay, I'll just scoop the ice cream out. But I thought, now nah, you can't waste the cookie. You can't wait, you know. Uh, you can't waste the cookie handle. And uh, so I just <laughs> chopped the mini ice cream uh, sandwich and I put it in the bowl. I put two cupcakes in a bowl, uh, a mini ice cream sandwich, and I just kind of uh, ate them together. So I made my own ice cream out of ice cream sandwiches. So, you so were just- they the ice cream sandwiches with the chocolate, like you could peel off? Yeah, you, you could have. Yeah, it would have been easy enough, but... Seems like you so could have peeled the off the exo sandwich. I, I left the chocolate on, yeah. Because oddly enough, chocolate and red, vo- red, red velvet go very well together. Oh, wow. Fair Sounds enough. pretty good, actually. <laughs> Eric, what say ye? What is your what is on your dessert cart? Um, so are we just doing this one at a time? Is that what we're doing? Sure. Sure, okay. why not? Uh, my favorite dessert is ice cream. I'm love most kinds of ice cream uh, and as boring as people may think I am uh, I like vanilla ice cream just like you do on your red velvet cake Todd yeah. I, mean, I don't need any frills to it but if I had to pick a flavor of ice cream it would be chocolate marshmallow I love ah. chocolate marshmallow yes love it and when you can scoop down 
into the marshmallow vein in the, in the <laughs> ice cream and just Thanks. scoop out just some marshmallow by itself. <laughs> I, I, I started I'm thinking of carp instantly. <laughs> you got to get that mud vein out of there. Get your mud vein. <laughs> Good eating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Indeed. I, I've never heard a chocolate marshmallow ice cream being referred to in a vascular surgery kind of sense. <laughs> oh, wow. I love Chocolate marshmallow is actually one of my favorites. Um, Eric, have you ever had Ben and Jerry's fish food? P-H-I-S-H, fish food. <laughs> I have not. Oh, man. It's a tremendous. It's chocolate marshmallow, but it's got little chocolate fish in it and a little dousing of caramel. It's great stuff. Great stuff. One of the best ice creams ever. Um, Eric, you may know of this. Uh, I might change your life here. But if you go to UDF and get a chocolate shake, if you look behind the person making the shake, you'll see a... a, a, a vat of peanut butter and then a vat yes. of marshmallow marshmallow yes. and it, have you ever had a shake there and tell them to put the marshmallow in it the marshmallow fluff or cream or whatever in the chocolate shake uh, yes i have yeah, actually man. it is amazing yes it's inspired me i want to get a chocolate malt with some fluffery in it some yeah yeah that's why it's there man they'd be happy to use it <laughs> sounds good <laughs> I'm not sure why I'm speaking for every UDF uh, <laughs> shake maker, but it's like, oh man, I just saw every person behind a UDF counter is like, somebody's speaking for us and I don't like it. Um, Want some marshmallow? Be happy to use it. <laughs> um, I'm going to kick off with a, um, oh man, I'm going to have to go with my number one and Ah, geez, see, it goes back and forth um, between the traditional desserts and, and like, once you get in a restaurant that, you know, and I think I'm going to start off with um, Frisch's Hot Fudge Cake. And for... (laughs) Are you all right? Todd needs a cigarette. (laughs) Do you you need a cigarette? (laughs) That's what I was going to say. Um... <laughs> oh, um, quarantine's been ruffling me, guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, Fresh's hot fudge cake. In um, I guess I'm gonna have to describe it because there might be some listeners outside of the tri-state area that's not familiar with Fresh's hot fudge cake. But it is a a good like chocolate fudgy cake with good <laughs> highly it's vanilla. It's hot. <laughs> It, it, yes, it, it, it's it's served relatively warm. I'm thinking, and then it has the uh, slab of vanilla ice cream in this. You know, it is it is doused with a good thick hot fudge and a dollop of whipped cream and garnished with a Just cherry. Just a dollop. Just a dollop. <laughs> I've been watching cooking shows on this quarantine, so I'm throwing out words like dollop and dousing and drizzling and things like that. So, okay, um, so you, so you have a, you have a brick. Oh man, <laughs> I was going to use that term. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a second brick of ice cream, vanilla it's ice cream. It's the mortar of the brick. And it, 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 <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Two bricks of fudge cake and the yep. mortar is vanilla ice cream, a, a block of vanilla ice cream with hot fudge on top. And it's stuccoed with hot fudge. Stuccoed. 
Indeed. Yeah. I, well, you know, much like I was trying to help Eric out with the chocolate marshmallow shake, if you guys play your cards right at uh, Frisch's, see, my problem with hot fudge cake at Frisch's is it's, it's too much, the ratio. It's, I, I, I want more ice cream. I need more ice cream with it. So what I started doing was is asking them if I could have two bricks of ice cream <laughs> and one brick of cake. And oh. and they'll do that for you. Really? Yeah, but do every once in a while, favors in return. <laughs> but well, I I did this for like a year, and then all of a sudden, I went to a Frisch's. I'm not going to mention which one, and and the person acted like I was absolutely nuts. And I said, "Here's the thing. I know they come in prepackaged bricks. Just open up two bricks of ice cream, please." I mean, I wasn't rude about it, but I, I'm like, I've I've done this before. Two I know bricks, please. Done. I want two. Yeah, bricks. <laughs> I want two bricks of ice cream. Here's the only problem: it becomes slippery. With two bricks of ice cream. <laughs> Slippery. Slippery. <laughs> I hate it when my hot fudge cake is slippery. Yeah, you don't want to chase it around the dish. But anyway, if, if you prefer your ratio, if you prefer your ratio like I do, more ice cream than cake, you can ask them and they'll, they'll do that for you. They'll be happy to do that for you. <laughs> See, my ratio, I, I like that hot fudge lava. I, I want it. Well, no, they uh, put the same amount of hot fudge on it. No, but I'm saying Let's if see. I could throw the if I could if I had to pick one thing to throw the ratio off, I want them to. I want more molten fudge oh. on my. Yeah, I want to. I want to pile it up. Oh, but see, that's why yours ends up as a a puddle of ice cream and fudge because the cake insulates the hot fudge from the ice cream. Yeah, well, it no. keeps the ice cream. You you should ask for two bricks. <laughs> Of each? At three bricks of cake and two bricks of ice cream. See, no, 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 no. That's just crazy. <laughs> That's just crazy talk. Um, Put two types of cheese on the cheeseburger. <laughs> the, the other reason it doesn't end up in a puddle is because I inhale the darn thing so fast. I'm in a fetal position in the corner from brain freeze from like consuming it. And my brain's just confused because, you know, I've got a third degree burn from the hot fudge and then no, brain see, freeze. That, that's... That's the thing. Yours does not end up in a puddle on the plate because you eat your hot fudge cake as Dave Frisch intended. (laughs) (laughs) Not this crazy two bricks of ice cream thing. I'm just letting people know they have options. So, okay. Here's here's your option. If you want to do it that way, that's fine. Whatever floats your boat or your hot fudge cake. (laughs) Well... Get the two bricks of ice cream underneath the one brick of cake. Therefore, Ah, your ah. ice cream will continue to be in a solid form whilst you eat it. It's a science. You essentially have a top hat of cake. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. Call that the Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) The Abraham Abraham Fresh. Abraham Lincoln cake, please. (laughs) I dare somebody out there listening to go to Fresh and say, I'll take the Abraham Lincoln, please. No, you know what's going to happen? Is there's going to be you and you need to video it. There's going to be a large boy in a red checkered bibs show up all ticked <laughs> off standing on one foot asking why you're messing with his menu. <laughs> and he'll shoot you with his slingshot. I'll say is that a slingshot in your pocket or you just happy to see me? No, it, well it, well then if it's Abraham Lincoln that slingshot just gets a little bit morbid. True, yeah. Now I <laughs> Now I will tell you this, Brady. Speaking of, uh, this is how I know what was happening at your uh, with your Boston Shake that time. I have occasionally; it's happened like twice in my life 
where I get a hot fudge cake and the hot fudge is, is burned. Is burnt. You had ashes in your hot and fudge it, cake. Yeah. And it's exactly what it tastes like. It tastes like smoky, like smoky cigarette. So that's how I know when Brady said that his shake had ashes in it, that it was actually just burned hot fudge. <laughs> was it served by somebody who has a t-shirt that says 99% <laughs> big boy? <laughs> Which uh, leads me to my my next pick, uh, Boston Don't Shake. Don't push it. <laughs> Boston Shake is my uh, my next pick, which would be hard to have that on a dessert cart. I'm assuming I'm assuming there's some sort of a freezer section on this dessert cart. I will put dry ice and make it so cold that it yeah. will insulate and keep it cold. So that I, I, we've got the Cadillac of dessert carts here in quarantine house. I'm going hot fudge Boston Shake, and Brady, you want to sing the want to sing the song real quick? Please come to Boston <laughs> for the milkshake. <laughs> It's sitting here in my cart, and it's got lots of room. You can sip in a straw and not taste the ashes. <laughs> Sorry. Dave Loggins, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's your next pick, Eric? Uh, cheesecake. Ooh, nice. That doesn't matter but with various and sundry toppings. It can be fruit topping. It can be... Chocolate, it can be, again, what, whatever you like, cheesecake. Question. Now, yes. I know where I'm leaning, but th- when you say cheesecake, do you mean the kind that comes in like the pie plate that is served cold with a graham cracker crust? Or are you talking about like the kind that's baked, what they call New York style, and if you bring the other one out, they look at you like you're a Philistine, like there, <laughs> there's only one kind of cheesecake. So which kind do you prefer? Definitely the graham cracker crust. Yeah, but but like the uh, whipped cool, you know, kind that you kind of get at a box like mom used to make, or the or the cheesecake that comes. It, it's much. It's actually baked. I think it has a crust well, the, on the up on the top, yeah, doesn't yeah, it? Like yeah. A, the New York the New York cheesecake has an exoskeleton. Yes, of sorts or a a a, a skin, if you will, <laughs> a bean skin. So, no, so I, I want my cheesecake refrigerated and with creamy. a graham, graham cracker crust. Some cinnamon sprinkled on the top. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I uh, Shout out to my dad. My dad makes, uh, he's he's famous for his cheesecakes. Uh, he's been known to make them for uh, other people as well. And uh, it's usually just a cheesecake, which he doesn't put the cherries and stuff on it. He usually has on the side so you can add them. And he uh, some white chocolate shavings. To sprinkle on top of it, it's a uh, it's a nice concoction. Uh, best cheesecake I ever had, though, other than than my dad's. And, and there's some there's some excellent cheesecake uh, around town here in Hillsboro. That's one of the things I love about living here is awesome cheesecake. Uh, but anyway, uh, you can get them in gas stations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but we were at uh, Olive Garden several years back, Cindy and I, and we were we were eating, and it was fall. It was it was getting that time of the year where everything's pumpkin. And we saw they had pumpkin cheesecake, and the waitress actually she she you know do you want dessert? And we're like, nah, I don't think so. And she said, you gotta try this pumpkin cheesecake. And I said, ah, I don't really think so. And she said, well, here's the thing, I don't like pumpkin, and I don't like cheesecake, but I love this, <laughs> which I thought was odd. But she was exactly it was it was, it, it, it was delicious. Is that a selling point? 
Well, I think I think it if is. If you're not looking for pumpkin <laughs> and if you're not looking for cheesecake, why would you order this thing? Well, I think it I think it was it was her tipping her hat to how just how tasty this dessert was. And you know, I haven't had it since. I've had other pumpkin cheesecakes that were good, but nothing like this. And I haven't even been able to catch it at Olive Garden. Uh, I don't know if it's a, an annual thing, but uh, it was the best cheesecake I've ever had. Uh, Olive Garden pumpkin cheesecake. Now, now to me. And I know this is not dessert, but it's like when people say, you know, I had some fish and it didn't taste very fishy. <laughs> and then that's considered a good thing. Oh, if my Fist. mother is listening, this is a true <laughs> story. <she> and she <laughs> is. Thank you, mom. She contributed some photos in my sister and her to, to our fashion <laughs> thing. But um, true story. Yeah, Todd, we, didn't, Todd I, didn't put any I, photos I, up. Yeah, I got to find some. I, I'll find some. You know, we we embarrassed ourselves. Well, or Brady it, it, embarrassed, got embarrassed by somebody else. I embarrassed myself. It, it with wasn't my fashion. You need to you need to follow through. It wasn't that I'm afraid of embarrassing sir. myself. I uh, I I'm ashamed to admit that this is our we're almost we're sneaking up on our second year of living here, and we still have uh, tons of boxes that are unpacked in the basement, and our pictures are packed and put away. So I I, I will find them. I, I promise, gentlemen. So um. My mom, we are on vacation at our favorite, one of our favorite eateries in St. Augustine, Florida. It was called Barnacle Bills. And um, she actually said, well, I would like to have the fish as long as it's not too fishy. And it's like, well, I always get the steak. It's great here. Well, I like my steak, but I don't want it too steaky. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. You don't want your fish too fishy or your steak too steaky. What are we talking here? You know? And I, I give her a hard time about that to this day, about her fishy fish and steaky steak. So does, um, she, does she want her steaky, steaky fishy? Fishy steaky? Fish steak. Slight, uh. Slight turn here. Uh, it reminds me of the, an ad I saw in City Beat one time where it said, looking to start Van Halen tribute band. Uh, just need bass, drums, uh, guitar, singer. I get, it, it's like everything you could possibly <laughs> have. And I'm thinking, what does this cat do? I mean, it's... He does a spin guy. kicks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, let's see. I, I'm, I'm confused. Where did we get off on the Let's It's your turn. God, it's my it's your turn. turn. Eric went cheesecake. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm going to go with, man, so many. Um, I, I think I'm going to have to go with my friend Kirsten, um, her peanut butter pie. That was on my list too, so this this will kill two birds with one stone. Amen to that. Yes, so Kirsten's peanut butter pie, uh, that's a very distinct kind of peanut butter, peanut butter pie because it's Kirsten's, <laughs> and it's good. I almost said peanut patter, peanut, peanut, <laughs> peanut patter, peanut patter, um, peanut butter pie. So, um, yeah, she makes a good one. It's, it's not only good, it's like the best. So props Kirsten's out to her. Pie is outstanding. Yes. So, uh, our 20 minutes did go off by the way. I didn't know if you caught that or not. I did. Uh, yep. I, I think we have a very tasty dessert card here. Uh, uh, I, I tell you what I'll do with the finish mine and then I'll shut up here is I, I had chocolate chip, just good old fashioned chocolate chip cookies will be on there. Oh yeah. Um, Classic I had, American dessert. Yes, I had Kirsten's peanut butter pie, so I'll cross that off. And then I had uh, Eric a while back. You uh, you referenced uh, my my grandma and grandpa's restaurant, uh, J and R's, and my grandma baked fresh pies every day, and uh, uh, her chocolate pie was uh, was my favorite. And you know, 
I, I've had chocolate pie since. It's good, but it just hasn't been the same. And, and you know, my grandma okay, hasn't so been here's what, here's, here's what I remember. Chocolate pie with the meringue and the, and the I, don't, I don't know what it was. Meringue. But, yeah, the, the meringue. And then there are little drops of, it's like, again, I don't know what it was, but it was sweet. <laughs> mm-hmm. little, little sweet drops in the meringue. Yeah, same as a, a, that, a peanut butter it, pie. It was your, it was your grandmother's JNR restaurant pie. Yeah, yeah. It was a. Uh, I don't. Rem- I don't know what. I was too young. To, I don't know what, what what all went into it. And oddly enough, I'm not a big meringue fan, so I think I peeled the meringue back. I skinned it back. <laughs> oh, skinned it uh, back. Yeah, I'll, I'll use Brady's term for you. You're a philistine. <laughs> Skinning the meringue back. What's wrong with you? <laughs> The meringue always the reminded me just of a uh, meringue always reminded me of just a a, a, a giant uh, sheath of spit. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you what it is. Again. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Do you know you'd walk through the woods as a as a kid, and on on certain on certain weeds, you would see just a a, a ball of frothy spit. You ever remember that? I don't. We know always what thought you were walking through. Well, but no, it was. I, don't I don't be know. around it. <laughs> I, somebody Close has to, to help me out area? here. <laughs> somebody has Believe to. Believe it or not, I actually know what he's talking about. Thank you, Eric. And and people always said it was snake spit. I don't think it actually was snake spit. I think it was people who slung meringue out of their car window after ordering pie and not liking the, the meringue. So it was uh, uh, drive-by meringuing. It was meringue spittle. <laughs> Spud him. Just laying there sizzling on a weed. <laughs> I'm so disturbed. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm gonna have to go look for snake spit now. I'm gonna. I, I have no idea what you're talking about, but now I gotta find it. Did you spend like, much time? I mean, I I grew up playing in the woods all day long. I uh, it was. I never found common. that. Yeah. Oh wow. Um. So uh, just kidding. I finish up a quick lesson, and I don't even need to explain them. Um, key lime pie oh, yeah. from Florida, my favorite restaurant in Florida. Um, key lime with graham cracker crust and my mom's strawberry whip pie, which is kind of like, um, if you could think of like chocolate mousse, but it's strawberry mousse and that should ah, be, ooh. that'll finish up my cart. Nice. I'm going to have to make a request for Linda Liming to make us one of those. That, that sounds, <laughs> it will eat it. On I'm line. sure I've, I'm, I'm sure I've had it along the line somewhere, but um, true I'm story. It's intrigued. my birthday pie. That's what I always ask for for my birthday. It's like instead yeah. of a birthday cake, I get a birthday strawberry moose pie. <laughs> nice. Eric, you have more on your list you wanted to finish off before we call it a night? Uh, no, I, I think my list is good. Okay. Um, but I'm sure uh, with all of our dessert carts and we're in the quarantine house together, then we all gain 20 pounds. <laughs> Especially if I have Emma Stone delivering it to me. <laughs> from my quarantine house true, true that alright gentlemen three good topics as uh, as always you guys did a fantastic job and you carried me along so hey, well, I think we uh, all hey. did we all did fine you're the yes. DJ we're the rappers <laughs> wiggy 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 wow <laughs> hey anybody <laughs> see my sister Morgan Troy <laughs> yeah I think I saw her with Randy <laughs> <laughs> he rocks the mic you know <laughs> wow there's old school right there <clears throat> alright uh, thanks for joining us once again 
As always, you can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, among others. Our home site, anchor.fm backslash play it by your podcast. Leave us a voice message, just like Beth did here earlier. And uh, the past couple of episodes, we've had some voice messages on. We want to hear from more of you. Um, certainly want to hear what you have to say about what we're doing here. Or You you can even talk badly about us if you want. We'll <laughs> what we're not doing. <laughs> there you go. That's usually what it is. <laughs> you guys miss this and you guys miss that. Well, yeah, you're right. We, we can't deny that. So uh, you do have that capability of leaving us a voice message uh, search us out on facebook play it by your podcast in the search bar and on twitter at play it by your pod number two and uh, leave us a message there as well so with that uh, we invite you to join us for our next episode gentlemen thank you very much peace thanks for listening to the play it by your podcast you can follow us on facebook Twitter at Play It By Ear Pod 2 and our website at anchor.fm backslash Play It By Ear Podcast. Thanks again and join us next time as we play it by ear.